D. Smith, welcome in. It is the latest edition of the Unnamed Soccer Podcast. The Unnamed Soccer Podcast brought to you by Three Punk Ales in Chula Vista. It is also brought to you by Sport Clips, where it is good to be a guy. Uh, recording on a Sunday today. This is not normal for us. Uh, on a weekend following a San Diego loyal nil-nil draw. I almost said loss. It felt like a loss last night, Derek, for some reason. Nil-nil <laughs> um, draw. We each get a point. And I guess uh, Messi's still technically with Barcelona, so that's good news. Technically, yeah, for now. It's a first. We're recording on a Sunday. I'm recording on a cell phone. I've never recorded this podcast on a cell phone before. I've also never recorded this podcast while walking on a treadmill. So <laughs> if it sounds like I'm a little bit out of breath, that has more to do with the fact that I'm just old and out of shape and past my prime. But we got a lot of things happening here behind the scenes. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. Could Lionel Messi score a goal for SD Loyal Jordan? Um, I would have. Would we get him the ball? Well, I mean, I think if you're going to bring in Messi, you probably bring him in as a midfielder, right? That's true. I guess. I mean, if you bring in Messi, you bring him in as a defender, a midfielder, and a forward. Maybe even your. Well, we're good at goalie. Um, and we're actually pretty good on the back line. So midfield and forward, yeah. And then he just kind of gets to roam wherever he wants. Like, we, we can never define a formation again because he's just going to be everywhere. His heat map is going to be in Fuego. Yeah. How do you – what's it like as somebody who is uh, not emotionally attached to the Messi saga with FC Barcelona? I, I have this image in my mind that the rest of the world, rightfully so, is just laughing at the situation at Barca. And, you know, whatever result it is that somehow humiliates the club and puts the club in a terrible position and maybe even puts the player in a terrible position. That's the image that I have for everybody who doesn't care about Barca. I, I, is that true? Is that – would you confirm that? I, no. So, I don't agree with that, actually, personally. Uh, maybe that's true for most people. For me – I feel bad. Like I want, I want Messi to stay at Barcelona. That's what I want. I want him to stay. I want you guys to be able to figure it out. Uh, fire whoever you need to fire. If you need to sacrifice a person in the middle of the stadium, you fucking do it for Lionel Messi. Um, I, that's what I want. I, I want him. I think Lionel Messi is actually likable at Barcelona for a lot of reasons. Um, what he means to that area. Um, what he means to the club. Um, the fact that he's been there his entire career. Um, I think there's a lot of reasons for people to want him to stay. I, I think he's a good story with Barcelona. Like I want it to be, I want him to have a, a happy ending there. Cause I think he deserves a really good ending with Barca. Um, it doesn't look like that's what he's getting. It looks like eight, two is his final match ever. And it's going to be this ugly divorce that might end up in a lawsuit. I don't know. It just, he's likable. <laughs> um, was likable and now potentially leaving to go to like Manchester city. Like he becomes very unlikable to me. So I hope he stays. Yeah. Well, I, I think there's so much. Happening so I'm not there. laughing. I'm not laughing at Barcelona. Like I, I'm hoping you guys figure it out. And like I said, sacrifice whoever you need to sacrifice. Yeah. I, I think that uh, most people fans of the club would agree. There are, uh, there's quite a list of people who they would like to see sacrificed. I don't know that Sacrifice that's going to Sacrifice all of them. Do all, all of them. Maybe yeah. Messi's the only man left. He can build the rest. It's a, it's a differently run club, man, uh, with it being owned by the members and elections and things along those lines. You know, I think the, the, the way a lot of people who are Barca supporters have looked at it is 
maybe Messi is guaranteeing that there will be change because let's say Messi stays, right? Whether he decides to stay and fulfill his contract, not that I know the language of it, or whether he's forced to stay, let's say they have some level of success and then the president of the club, Bartomeu, can claim some sort of credit and he's turning a huge profit and they're selling a bunch of shirts, then all of a sudden, who knows, you know, what that means in terms of a secession plan, et cetera. So I feel like Messi's just gotten to the point. He's like, Hey, I'm not taking any chances. I'm 33. I got to go try to win another champions league or two, get reunited with Pep Guardiola. Even if it means going to a trash club like man city. So that ship has sailed. Unfortunately, it sounds like it has, it sounds like only a potential lawsuit could keep him at Barcelona. And no one thinks that's a, that's a good ending to that story. Like I I'd rather, if I were the club at that point, you kind of just move on. Um, oh, I, I love I, I do too, how like the, the club president decide. How about the club president say no? Oh, I'll resign. Oh, if it means Messi coming back, leaking it out to the press. If it means that Messi comes back, I'll resign, knowing full well he's not coming back. So, you know, like, way to put them. So now it's Messi's decision, right? So now this is 100% on Messi. Don't blame me. I did everything I could. I offered to resign. But, yeah, it's going to be weird. It's going to be very, very weird. I'm not yet to the point where I'm ready to start rationalizing and saying, but, you know, Dembele on the left and Griezmann in the middle and Coutinho could come back now. And <laughs> I'm not yet to that point. I watched some video that was making the rounds on Sunday. It was a nine-minute montage of messy goals and great moments. Oh, and it was to music. Very emotional stuff. Sad. Um, can you describe what the room was like when you, did, when you watched this video? Well, uh, my wife candles? was out of the house, so I closed all the shutters, so it was really, really dark in my house, and I just sat there and watched it on my iPad. Get <laughs> down hard on my lower lip. That's sad. That's depressing. It is sad. I hope he, it is sad. Stay, I hope he stays. I hope he stays. Like, I, I just don't find him to be likable at all if he goes to Manchester City. Um, no. I do want to provide quick background. I know you, you brought up the fact that you're on a treadmill right now, so good, good on you getting your workout in. I'm sitting here on my ass drinking a beer, so I'm doing nice. the opposite. Also, we're recording during this Los Angeles-Las Vegas match because that kicked off at 2 o'clock on Sunday. Um, it's the 89th minute. Darren, what was the last score that you saw? Uh, I was watching it. It was, let's see, 1-0 Galaxy, then 1-1, then 2-1 early second half. I saw Los Dos go up 3-1, and then I turned my attention from the match to the Zoom call. So three ones last you've seen it. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, already that's a lot of goals. I'm not used yeah. to that many goals. Three to one. Yeah. That's a lot. Um, since then, Darren, we've had three more goals. So we're at seven. LA leads Vegas four to three. Now into the 90th minute. Someone is cramping on Los Dos. So he's down. Um, but there's a chance that Vegas actually sneaks away with a point. They could make it four, four, potentially likely it finishes four, three. Uh, but damn, seven goals in one match. Sorry, I, I, maybe this is a better topic than Lionel Messi leaving your club and your club just absolutely being in shambles. What are we rooting for in this? I keep asking myself that question because the next opponent for SD Loyal's Wednesday night, they're traveling to Vegas, 7.30 kick. We'll have the pre-match show starting at 7 o'clock from Stone Brewing Liberty Station. But if... Vegas picks up a point 
that's good looking up the standings at lowest dose. But the flip side is then that you're sort of duking it out for bottom of the standing status on Wednesday night. Have you figured out what we should be pulling for here in the group B standings? I'm just grateful for goals, Darren, to be honest with you. I'm taking the day off on Sunday from trying to figure out what this means for SD Loyal. I just want to watch well, it no, for two I mean, hours. Here's what it means for SD Loyal. Like, here's the focus for SD Loyal. Score goals. Like, that's, the, yeah. that's my only focus. I can't do math. We know this. Like, I'm not great with numbers. So, I'm not going to try to figure out this playoff formula. It is crazy especially when all these teams are playing each other over and over again. I know that they have a lot of opportunities left against teams in the group, so I know that's good news. I think the only focus is the back of the net right now. How do you score goals? What does that take? That's, uh, that's my focus. I can't, figure out, I, I can't figure out what the playoff chances are anymore. We'll have that figured out by 7 o'clock on Wednesday night. We'll tell you what the playoff format looks like and what's in the best interest of SD Loyal with regards to the standings. You know, I, I got to say, obviously last night we watched – Orange County hosting SD Loyal. And thank you to all of you who joined us on Facebook Live for the pre-match and the post-match show. Uh, it was a frustrating night. I, I watched a little bit back this morning. The difference between us pre-match and post-match, this is why I never really wanted to do a post-game show in my life because I, I can like emotionally attach to the things that I'm rooting for. And I know that that's not the most professional approach in life, but that's why I've avoided those kind of situations because I know that I get emotionally invested and things like that. But man, like we were all systems go Miguel Berry debuting in the starting 11. And then gosh almighty, it's like somebody kicked our dog or kicked our cat. In my case, we just, uh, I'm going to take my Stanford. That was a rough post-match show, man. And I got to be honest, I don't feel much better about it today. And I really do wonder at what point is Landon Donovan just going to put on an SD loyal kit and like go out there and teach these fuckers how to score a little bit. Uh, that's a good question. Pre-match, we had Miguel Berry scoring a hat trick in the Champions League final for SD loyal. <laughs> <laughs> we were we were excited, and that's okay. Like that's kind of that's what you come to expect on this. So. Um, we were really excited pre-match. I'm pretty sure my prediction was that Barry would have a hat trick within 10 minutes of the match. Yeah. Clearly, um, that did not happen. In fact, Darren, he had five touches in the first half total, which is not exactly great. Post-match, yeah, a little bit different. I was really frustrated um, in the post-match show. Just because, again, like no goals. Uh, you have the addition. We were so excited for Barry, and we weren't the only ones excited. There were so many people excited in San Diego for that. Uh, I thought the reaction was really, really good on Friday. I, I would expect that the club was very happy with the reaction for Barry being added on loan. Um, so there was excitement going in. And so I think a lot of people were, were frustrated. I'm sure Land Landon was clearly frustrated. Wow, um, that video. Yeah, I didn't see that video. Darren, you texted me this video. Uh, one of our listeners uh, texted it to us. Uh, one of the guys who I believe is behind uh, Los Chavos sent it to me and uh, I hadn't seen it. Don't know where it came from. Don't know who's responsible. You can find it on Twitter if you want at D Smith show, but it shows a clearly frustrated Landon Donovan in large part because of the result I'm sure in the performance and uh, maybe not in equal parts frustrated with what appeared to be. And I do say that, I mean, I stress that what appeared to be a missed call 
in the waning seconds of stoppage time in this match. I mean, it's like quite literally at the death. There appears to be a handball from an Orange County player. We don't have the best angle. But you can see from the reaction from all the loyal players, and you can certainly hear the frustration coming from the technical area and seeing Landon Donovan put a nice dent into one of the sideboards there with his left foot, that there was a lot of frustration uh, at the end. Hey, this is the USL. We've got issues with refereeing at the highest level of the sport in the World Cup, in the Champions League final. So you get what you get when you're at second division levels in the U.S. soccer structure. But uh, it adds to the frustration of not having a shot on target all night, of having a really crappy run in the month of August. Uh, it, it all matters. It all factors in. So it's a frustrating month. I'm looking forward to getting out of it and getting into September. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. The moment that you see in that video and Landon kicks the board <laughs> and leaves a mark, what a kick. Like so much power in that kick. That was so impressive. That frustration, that moment is more than just a handball in the box, which again, can we catch a fucking break? That's that's the entire month of August. That's and and that would have been offense, like total no goals, smash that's... and grab, right? Like that would have been a complete smash and grab type moment where for the most part you're outplayed. You don't have a shot on target the whole night. And <laughs> then you get a penalty in like the 94th minute and you score what probably would have been the last kick of the game and you just get on the bus and you head down the five south. It would have been um, – the post-match show would have been clearly different because we would have been talking about not just three points, but it's points taken away from Orange County – it would have been a very big swing, and it would have been very impactful for the final six matches now remaining on the schedule. Again, yeah, not great with ten. math. We're at six to go. So that moment where it looks like at the very end that there is a handball, I agree with you, to me, on video, the, the replay that we get, it's, again, we're not getting a million different replays that are slow-mo, and I don't know, it, you don't get a lot of replays there. Um, but the, what I saw, it, it looked like a handball in the box to me, and usually that's a penalty. Loyal, still no penalties this entire season, which feeds into the, can we catch a break? Like, it's not even, you don't even need to set it up yourself. Like, sometimes the opponent does that for you. Can, like, someone else just, like, throw us a bone? Like, we don't have, like, Phoenix. I looked it up. Phoenix has three penalties this year. Orange County has two. Vegas has two. Vegas has two. They haven't even converted any of theirs. Like, they're not even taking advantage. We'll take advantage of them. I actually have faith in Loyal um, from the penalty spot. So, we'll take those chances. Uh, but it just doesn't feel like we can catch any of those type of breaks. And even when they deserve those breaks, they're not getting them. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it was a, a very important match in terms of, as we discussed on the post-match show, I mean, it just feels like we're running out of time. Now, you know, this is also the challenge of playing in this format where you've broken the entire league down into eight groups. Because I think you and I would agree, through 10 matches with Miguel Berry coming in, 25 more to go, probably going to get Irvin Parra back. Maybe you're going to get some other players thrown into the mix, right? Like we keep hearing that SD Loyal's constantly on the lookout for reinforcements somewhere. It's a new club. It's learning to play with one another. It's learning a new city, like, right? There's a lot going on. And I think over 35, you'd say, okay, you know, there's, there's a identity from the keeper and the back line, sort out some of the midfield issues, get in a little bit of a attacking rhythm. All hope isn't lost. You know, you got plenty of time, but you don't have plenty of time now, especially when you're in a group with Phoenix and Orange County. And Los Dos is certainly showing that they've got an, a, a lot of talent 
uh, on that squad for LA Galaxy 2. So to me, Jordan, it's sort of a race against the clock here now that, you know, it's not that I think that this is such a bad team. It's just that they're, they're just running out of time. Like there's, there's, there's nothing else you could say. Six matches, given what's ahead of you, given what was on the line last night, you know, it, it really felt worse than it would under normal circumstances. You'd sign up for a point away at Orange County every day, except for this year. Right. If it were top eight, we're looking at a normal table, I would have taken the result. But that's not the setup this year. We nope. talked about it with Miguel Berry um, on the pre-match show, Darren. Like, it almost feels like these next six matches are a, a dating experience with Barry. Because um, there, there is a chance, in my opinion, that – not only does he play six matches here to finish the season, depending on how things uh, shake out with Columbus, and they have some pretty good forwards up there um, for Major League Soccer. So they, uh, I think there's a chance that Barry, if he likes it, might be sticking around here. So yep. not only – I think it's important, these final six matches, not just when – obviously, clearly, you want to talk postseason, but – it is very important to kind of impress Barry because that is the type of player that you want back next year. That is the kind of player that on loan from, <clears throat> from Columbus, a major league, we, as we know the background, MLS, seventh overall pick, um, has his background at USD. I guess we haven't really talked about Barry too much on the podcast because it happened on Friday. So for, for that background, like he has the experience and now there's only two matches left at Torero Stadium. But if he's back next year with fans, like how – how much fun would that be, Miguel Berry scoring goals for SD Loyal in front of fans at Torero Stadium? That's a completely different experience. Um, so I, I think there's a lot of important things going down for these final six matches. You're still learning about the roster. You're always evaluating who you want back and who you don't want back on the roster. And now all of a sudden with a few players on loan, um, and clearly John Kempen said nice things about San Diego Loyal, like you kind of want to make sure that everything's going well for those guys right. and that they come back for next season, because I think they're really important pieces going forward. And I, I also think it's really important now. I mean, the one thing I've learned about being in sports media for 22 years or, you know, and even being a sports fan for my entire life and having lost an insane amount of money gambling on sports, which I don't do any longer uh, though. Cause the reason I learn, like I'm not good at predicting the future. So, you know, maybe we see something ridiculous happen here down the stretch with Orange County and they go into some sort of skid. We've seen Phoenix now lose to Reno. They drop points away at Vegas. Um, I'm not holding my breath on that, but I'm also not telling you that it's impossible or waving the white flag, but I really do think it's important for Loyal to try to build something here in the next six, right? And just walk into its first off season, getting set for its second season, which hopefully will be much different with fans, with the regular schedule, with the U.S. Open Cup. Build something now that you go, uh-huh, okay. Took some lumps, had some growing pains, but we feel pretty good. Like, we feel pretty good about this, 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 this. And, like, we feel like these are some building blocks now. Not that I believe necessarily in momentum from one season to the next, but just that you feel good, you know, that you leave. Because you go limping into an offseason, you know, where you have another scoreless draw and no shots on target. You start saying, man, like, huh, 
that that felt really bad, you know. But you go into an offseason, we're like, wow, how about this dude? He broke out in the final couple. We started scoring some goals. It looked different. It looked like a lot of fun. You know, then you got something. You know, then people are are really super excited about when does uh, when do the fixtures come out? When does when's the first match? Right? Like, it's just a totally different dynamic if you can get a little bit of but a little bit of mojo going here in the final six matches. Yeah, uh, a few silver linings there. Clean mat, uh, clean sheet at Orange County. Defense continues to look good. Really excited to have John Kempen back in net. Clearly a difference. Um, so I thought that was good. And you get the quick turnaround. You don't have to wait. Yeah. You have to sit on that result all week. You get to play Wednesday in Vegas. It's not going to be easy, clearly. By the way, they've gone full-time uh, in L.A. 4-3. Vegas hit the post um, late in that match with like a minute left in uh, stoppage time. So almost finishing 4-4, but it finishes 4-3. So Los Dos gets well, And this is, a, this is an interesting run for Vegas, right? A draw against Phoenix, a win against Orange County, and then a short turnaround. Short week gave Los Dos everything that they could handle here on a Sunday. Yeah. So that's – I do think that's a positive. You don't have to sit all week. Um, you get another chance. You get to go back out there. I would expect you're throwing Barry back out there up front. And for me, I'm hoping he gets a lot more opportunities and he gets a, a few more chances than he got the first time around. He had one really, yeah. really good chance. Um, and he had that heavy touch. And that was it. Um, if you have a couple of those moments, give him a couple of those opportunities. I have a feeling he's going to put one in the back of the net. So that's what we're looking yep. for here in the, uh, the next few. There was some other news that we wanted to bring up on the pre and post match show, pre or post. We didn't get to it. Um, the stadium news, Darren. Um, that we found out what day did that come out? That was Friday morning, I believe, or Saturday, uh, sa- morning. Saturday morning. Yeah. Saturday, Saturday. morning. So that was yesterday. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, uh, found well, out that, uh, they were one of the two bids to build a modular stadium on the site of the sports arena. It went to the rival bid. Disappointing. Um, I think strictly speaking, speaking from a soccer standpoint, because you know, there's a whole lot of, and, and I'm preparing for, <clears throat> a more in-depth conversation about land usage and the politics and, you know, the mayor and the mayor's task force and all this sort of stuff. Right. But like, let's just stick to soccer here for a second. You know, I, I think for me, and this will sound like another one of those silver linings, funny moment last night is we're getting set to come on the post-match show, like quite literally five seconds. I was like, Oh, it's like, I can think of one silver lining, and we're like, five, four. Jordan's like, oh, Darren, what was your silver lining? Well, they loyal snap a uh, – SD loyal snaps a three-match losing streak. <laughs> yeah. I realize that's not what everybody wanted to hear. And I'm not trying to say, like, this is a silver lining, but I would just say, like, from, an, from the standpoint of a baby club that's played one time in front of fans here in San Diego – the overwhelming majority of people who live in San Diego County have absolutely no idea what SD Loyal is. They may know that we have professional soccer, but I would say that there's still a lot of room for growth. The fact that Loyal was one of the finalists and had its brand attached to an idea for redeveloping a specific part of town, to me, I'm pretty excited about what this club stands for. They are not afraid to be bold. They are not afraid of big ideas. They said, hey, this is an opportunity. Now, keep in mind also, they've signed a multi-year deal with the University of San Diego. 
They have spent money to upgrade those facilities. We were told somewhere between a half a million and a million bucks for new video boards and other uh, amenities there at Torero Stadium, which sadly go unused because there are no fans. So it's not like they had to do something, but the fact that they were willing to stick their necks out a little bit, that they haven't even cut the umbilical cord and, and they're already attempting and thinking on large scale ideas and finding a way to get people excited about a modular soccer, soccer stadium on the sports arena site to me, like I'm pretty excited to see where these guys are going. There's a tremendous amount of disappointment that they didn't get that bid, but uh, I'm pretty proud of a club that's willing to say, Hey, we know we just got here. We're the babies in this city. Not really people know who we are, but they will soon. And, you know, I think that people who didn't know what SD Loyal was now know that they were involved and interested in this type of project. To me, Jordan, I think it speaks very, very well for Warren Smith, for Andrew Vasiliadis, and everybody else behind the scenes at SD Loyal, that they, they're not going to be in the fetal position here just content playing on what's a good setup for them at Torero Stadium. But that's not forever. We're out there. We're going to try to push and make things happen and on to the next venue potentially for SD Loyal, which I think is really, really encouraging, exciting for their future. Yeah, I think they sent a very, very good message to San Diego during that entire process. And I think that they uh, probably made that bid as competitive as it was. Um, probably the reason it was so competitive was because of San Diego Loyal. Um, yeah. Which was not and, like how that started. That started with, with somebody else sitting in the driver's seat. And by the end of it, it was, it was referred to around town as the SD Loyal project, even though they didn't stand to make boatloads of money off that development. You know, this yeah. wasn't the whole Soccer City concept. You know, they just saw an opportunity here to say, hey, if we can put a modular stadium for the next five, seven, eight years, whatever the case might be, until we find a permanent situation, then we're going to be brave. And we understand that getting involved politically in San Diego, God, who would want to do that? But they stuck their necks out here and they took a chance. And as disappointing as it is for anybody who would listen to a podcast like this, ultimately, I think it's like, a really good sign of, of where this club is headed and what this club's all about. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. A, a very young club. Darren, I have a, uh, a three month old at home. I am not very mad at the three month old for not being able to walk yet. He tries like, like, you know, like it's so early on in this process and um, he shows signs pretty early on and I'm kind of scared that he's like moving so quickly. It's like, slow down. I want to enjoy these moments too. Um, but it's, yeah, I think a really good message was sent. A really good mm -hmm. message was sent. And I think it's clear, um, I don't know, like what's <clears throat> sports arena. I was excited at that site. Um, but to be honest, like I really don't care where they put the stadium. I just want them to have a stadium and I want a place to celebrate and uh, drink a few cervezas and celebrate some goals. That's what I'm looking for. I really don't care where it is. Yeah, I don't think anything will help them, you know, not Miguel Barrett. Now, maybe Lionel Messi, but yeah. I don't think anything will help them uh, expand their footprint in San Diego, right? Like their proverbial footprint and become an attraction than getting their own stadium situation. Because now, you know, it just sort of is like, hey, well, you're paying rent. You, know, you can't do everything that you want to do on campus at USD, as good as they are, you know, and as good as that venue might be here for the short term. You know, that, that probably is uh, not best suited 
for it's it's suited for limited growth, right? And I think a modular stadium situation provides uh, unlimited growth. What were we told, Jordan, recently about Phoenix Rising and how everything changed once they got their own modular situation? Right. You, uh, the story with Phoenix is modular stadium. Everyone starts showing up after they got kicked out of the Peoria Sports Complex. They were playing, or yeah, Scottsdale Stadium kicked them out for a few years. Um, but all of a sudden, modular stadium, thousands of people show up. They sell it out. They sign a guy named Didier Drogba. They get a connection with Galatasaray, an official uh, partnership. And uh, things have gone pretty well for them since. Yeah, and they get the uh, – the, what's the dude's name? Di- I'm going to screw it up. Dip- Diplo? Is that how you say it? <laughs> no? You, lo- you, it up? you love that guy. I just think you yeah. love him. He's part of ownership now. That other dude from – what is it? Fallout Boy or something? That guy. That's involved. the guy you really love. Yeah, that's my boy. Fallout boy. <laughs> Those are my Fallout boys. Those are your Fallout. Good to know. Um, yeah, I got, that's that's what I want. I just want to. I want a stadium. Um, did it happen this time around? No, um, but I expect it to happen. So yeah, I mean, because again, it'd be real easy to say, "Hey, we're we're good." Like we've signed a multi-year deal at USD. We spent a couple hundred grand on a new video board. And, you know, we build all this other stuff like, you know, let's let's chill. But that they're willing to say, uh, you know, we're, we're not here just to be along for the ride. Be also rans like we want to be seen. We want to be heard. We intend to become fully interwoven into the fabric of the sports scene around here. So let's do it, man. Like, let's fucking do it. Like, I love that about them. I'm disappointed it didn't happen. I'm anxious to hear the details. But mm-hmm. You know, I, I think it's really a, a great sign of what's to come from them. And I, I, I do. I really, really appreciate it. I thought they were very classy in how they handled it. Uh, the politics, obviously, is something that continues to confound people. But, uh, again, I, I really think that the overall message sent from SD Loyal is the good one. Yeah. Keep swinging. Keep swinging. Yep. Yep. Um, the next fight. Yeah. Where's that site going to be? Like, what's next? Now, where do you turn your Good question. Good question. Yeah, I'm curious. I'm sure we'll hear about that uh, at some point. So, I don't know. What else do you got? I got Arsenal winning the Community Shield. Yeah, how about Arsenal? Did you see their uh, their, winning a couple of trophies here? Yeah. I like their marble. You you hated them. I don't mind them. Who said I had their marble floor kits? I didn't say I hated them. Uh, I just. I mean, it just they look a little uh, bloody. Is all. I also like that Obama Yang didn't drop the uh, the actual uh, dinner plate or whatever that thing is. <laughs> the community shield. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, and uh, shout out to Chelsea women for winning the community shield on the other side. They took down Manchester City. How about that? Shout out. Shout out. Um, so Wednesday we'll be at Stone Liberty Station. It's another. Another road match to Vegas we go. Vegas scores goals, Darren, so you know what that means, what we have to do. Score goals. Yeah, Get shots on target, Jordan. Hey, Landon had a shot on target at the very end of that yes, match. Yes, he did. Right I wonder, the do board. you think that's ever crossed his mind where Landon's like, I, could, I, I need to get out there and like show these guys how to do this? I'm sure he's done it at practice, hasn't yeah. he? Like, haven't we seen those pictures where he's like, all right, guys, yeah. let me uh, – Let's lead by example here. Let me, uh, let me show you how it's done. Yeah. Well, like I said, build a little bit of – and see what happens. You know, like just see what happens. If you have fun, play well, play loose, 
get some shots on target, put pressure on the keepers. I mean, certainly in this league, you're going to score if you keep doing that sort of stuff. So keep, keep going, man. Like give, give everybody something to be excited about to look forward to here heading into season number two. Yeah. Um, and if anyone has ideas for the pre and post match show, feel free to send them our way. One of the ideas that we brought up um, was maybe like some kind of victory. Um, yeah. Glass. I mean, I, I want to say the victory chalice, but uh, we sh I don't know if we should be sharing a drink right now during these times there. And I think we should have our own glasses. So true. And I feel like that's um, an American outlaw uh, O'Brien's thing. So I don't want to yeah. just directly rip those people off, but yeah, I'll like rip off the part of, like, the drinking beer part. Like, I'm happy to rip yeah. that part off. Um, so maybe we have, like, a victory pint glass that we each use right. or something. Like if you have an idea, like, let us know. That thing's uh, it's a work in progress, of course. So. And people have been very interactive. We appreciate that. Yeah, um, we do. Keeps us – honestly, like, that really does keep us going during the pre- and post-match show is all the comments that we're getting on Facebook. Yeah, because normally – we would be doing this like from the supporters group section, <laughs> like right in the middle. Like normally there'd be like someone with a drum right behind us, but uh, yeah. it's a little bit different this year. So I'll, um, I'll see you on Wednesday. Are you done with your workout treadmill? Done. Uh, keep going. I am. I am approaching the one hour mark. Wow. I have uh, 60 seconds to go. So I will Good go into you. cool down mode. I've got 60 seconds left of this beer in front of me. I had to uh, I had to work off that uh, those three Buena Vesas and the fried chicken sandwich that we had at Stone Brewing and Liberty Station last night. Outstanding. Yeah. Those uh, those beers with their Michelada mix. I'm all about that. All about it. Well, we'll do it again Wednesday. Run it back. All right, man. I'll see you there. All right. Peace out.